Hello and welcome back to another episode of The, the Spiritual, Spiritual Gaze. Gaze. I'm your host, Brandon. And I'm Angel. And we are husbands. Yeah, we uh, got married, what, a year and a half ago now? A year and a half ago in Joshua Tree in November of 2016. It was gorgeous. It was two weeks after the election. There were there were um, rose quartz clouds in the sky. There were rose quartz clouds in the sky. very thematically interesting. Yes, today we are going to do a deep dive into the wild world of crystals. Whoop, whoop. I am a uh, self-proclaimed crystalista. <laughs> It's a term my good friend Megan Green made up. Shout out Megan Green, all the way in Montreal. Hey, Megan. Uh, But before we get to our deep dive, let's introduce uh, what we do. Yeah, who are you? Like, really? Uh, Yeah, who am I really? It's a question I'm asking myself every minute of my life. Well, good. I'm sure everyone who's listening also is, so... So I am an energy healer and a tarot reader. I also teach yoga and Pilates. Uh... And I am also an actor and a writer and uh, and a sometimes drag queen. Yeah, especially these days. More times, more times currently than not. Staring at new bags and such as we speak. Yeah, Brandonna maybe went shopping for some jewelry yesterday. <laughs> she did pretty well. Oh, well, that's good. That's exciting. What was what's her favorite purchase from yesterday? Oh, she bought this like gorgeous rose gold bangle with all these diamonds in it. I mean, this is costume Ooh. jewelry, but it's really good looking costume jewelry. So this bangle cost me like twenty two dollars, but it really does look very legitimate. Gorgeous, I'm sure it sparkles in the light. It does. And what do you do, <laughs> my love? Uh, I am a film producer and a development executive at a production company. I also am a writer, and I am an astrologer. Yeah, so we exist in the worlds of entertainment and in the spiritual worlds. Yeah, and I guess that's how we ended up doing a podcast. Yes, and this podcast (laughs) is dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Yes. Uh, So that's part of what we're going to do today. Yeah, we're going to, as you said, we're going to deep dive into some crystal discussions, which I'm excited about. But first, maybe let's just check in. Yeah, what's going on with you, baby boo? Also, I have to start. Yeah. (laughs) It is rough right now. You can do it. Uh, Currently, we've got sun and cancer. We're almost out of cancer season. Uh, We got moon and Scorpio. So those are both water signs, which just has me neck deep in my feels. Yeah, because if you don't know, water signs are sort of... Equate themselves with emotions, right? Your emotional self. Yes. And your intuitive self as well. Right. With water, I think things that flow. So emotions, relationships, creativity, intuition. That's why all you Cancers, Scorpios, and Pisces, the water signs, are emotional as fuck. Well, you should know as a Cancer moon. I am a Cancer moon, so I am emotional as fuck. Yeah. So water is hard for me. My triple tier. As an Aries rising, which is fire, a Capricorn moon, which is earth, and an Aquarius sun, which is air, means that there is no water in that triple tier, which is why I, I struggle and have challenges with that. So you're drowning a little today, eh? Whoo, child, not yeah. Not your usual you space. No, I'm not in my usual space. But I did teach yoga this morning, and mm-hmm. because we are in double water, it was funny. When I prepare to teach yoga, because um, I only do it like every other week, I'll make a playlist that morning and I'll title it like Cancer Sun Scorpio Moon. So I was going to do that this morning. And then I looked and just a month ago, we were still Cancer Sun Scorpio Moon. I already, oh, wow. I already had a playlist ready to go. So I just kind of made a few amendments to it and then just kind of thought about what I wanted to offer the intention for practice. And really, it was just about holding space to move through whatever you're moving through. That's nice. Because when I think of double water, I think of the Queen of Cups in the tarot. Okay. Because she's double water. And this is a card that appears when we are moving through something. We're moving through deep water, and we don't necessarily have the words to talk or to even understand in and of ourselves what it is that we're going through, and that's okay. Right. That's transformation. That's deepening. So I feel like I'm definitely in sort of a Queen of Cups moment. I'm in, I'm like 20,000 leagues under the sea. And I just wanted to allow for other people to just continue to follow that flow. Yeah, I think that's nice. I also feel like the Queen of Cups would be a really great, didn't we already say that like I felt like that would be a great name for a Brandana show? Or just a bar. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> just a great name for a bar. But yeah, That's Queen of true. Cups would be a really, a really good name for a Brandonna show. Uh, oh, well, it's important to be vulnerable with your emotions. Yes. So, it is. regardless of how challenging and abnormal that feels. It's so weird, though, because I feel like there is this deep reservoir of emotion that exists within me, but I only can access it very infrequently. Even when I want to, I can't always get there. It's almost as if my Capricorn moon like blocks it, like builds this earth wall around it. And then every so often, like when the moon's in Scorpio, I'm like plunged into that pool of deep emotion. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't ask for this. I'm not ready for this. You know, like wh- where were you a week ago when I was like, okay, let's deep dive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just... um, Yeah, but I think that's also sometimes like... When you also have a need for catharsis too, like when you're in that space, I was just listening to um, a podcast interview on this podcast, Homophilia, uh, and, that's, and Stephen Canals, who is the creator of Pose, was the guest, and mm. he was talking about, you know, sort of like the need for catharsis and, you know, emotional catharsis, and that he would watch The Color Purple just because it would always build towards that like great ending. And if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil it per se, but it definitely ends in a way that like you can't help but to cry. Um, And just that like sometimes you just sort of have to place yourself into some sort of situation that's going to give you that emotional catharsis because that's an important element too when you're in like a double water, as you would say, space yeah no that's really good advice we might have to watch a queer eye later honey no no more of that (laughs) i just can't i mean i love queer eye but i just i can't siva maybe you need to honestly i can go and see a movie alone it does not matter what the movie is if i go and see a movie alone i will sob relentlessly by the end of it even like hotel transylvania honey even hotel probably especially hotel transylvania three three i don't know i didn't see the first one either sorry but animated films especially get me super emotional for sure yeah i think we all had to carry each other out of coco yeah we did (laughs) we saw coco with angel's entire family well almost his entire family and by the end of it like his dad his sister his mom like we were all just puddles oh yeah everyone in the theater was it was so cute if you don't cry during coco i have concerns for you well they might just be a capricorn moon triple capricorn Ooh, child (laughs) please let us know if you didn't cry during coco i'd be really yes please we'd love to know what that experience was like how are you, babes? Check in with me. Uh, well, uh, as of this moment, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you seem pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this week was a little challenging for me. I was in somewhat of a low-grade depression, um, trying my best uh, to not exude it, um, which is normally easy for me to do. Um, cancer season, in a way, for me is like... Not terribly challenging because I, I, like Brandon said, I'm a cancer moon, so my heart is just full of emotion. I can cry very easily. Um, he can. Yeah. And and it doesn't always fe- have to be like a thing of sadness for me. It I actually like can um, access emotional catharsis pretty well and that and it always makes me feel good so in a way cancer season sort of like a purging for me i know i'm always so jealous of angel because he can like come home after a bad day and just like come into this spirit room where we record this podcast and just like allow himself that catharsis and for me it's like the stars have to align yeah then i come out like smiling and i'm like what are we doing what are we watching (laughs) what's for dinner uh and i just think it's important for anyone to like you know try and like have that you know, for themselves, um, and whether it takes the color purple or, you know, a a song or what have you. Um, but anyhow, so yeah, I've been in a little bit of a space, a little bit of a funk. And I think when I'm also like, uh, with all the cancer elements, like it makes me incredibly even like extra sensitive to everyone else's emotions and feelings. So I think that I've realized that's also been a part of my situation that, there's been a lot of, um, you know, fear and anxiety around certain things in my life uh, for others. So I, I've come to realize I think I just kind of like put it in my backpack, you know, and then I'm carrying around all of this other fear and anxiety of other people as well. So, you know, 
I'm realizing that I, you know, some other transits I have going on for myself right now are making me aware of the fact that I really need to create better boundaries for myself, especially like in relationships and, you know, um, really more so like emotional boundaries. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about that for a second. Cause to me, what that sounds like is you saying I'm an empath. Yes. And an empath is someone in, this is my definition, someone whose body processes emotion for more than just themselves. And mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of empaths in the world right now because we need them. I'm an empath myself. I'm sure a lot of you listening are actually empaths. And maybe this is your aha moment um, that you are feeling other people's feelings. And your body does that generously because some people don't have the bandwidth to process all of that. And so collectively, right. empaths come in to say, all right, well, I'm going to help process this for the collective. But that doesn't mean you can't set boundaries around it. No, definitely. And you also have to like figure out like what your pieces of self-care are to help nourish, you know, re-nourish yourself, I should say. Um, and especially that we're in like the Mars retrograde period too. It's important to sort of re-nourish yourself. Yeah. And even I'll- more so than usual. A little tip I have if you're thinking, oh, maybe I'm an empath. Uh, would be the next time you're like in a a public place or a crowded place and you start to feel a lot of emotion or anxiety, you might just ask your body to please release whatever isn't yours. If you can say this out loud, great. But if you can't, that's fine too. Just like say it inside yourself for a few times. Like, body, please release whatever isn't mine. Body, please release whatever isn't mine. And then just tune in and notice if there's some sort of shift. Oftentimes you'll realize that everything you were feeling before that moment was not yours. And that's a really great empath skill. And that's part about creating boundaries. Just because your body can process emotions for other people doesn't mean that it should do so in a way that makes you feel like a martyr or that gets in the way of your living your life. Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like for myself as a Cancer Moon, I at least I, I attribute it to that. Like I also can um, sort of manifest that on a physical level too. And, mm. you know, as... As most people who know me, you know, in my early 20s, I lost like 100 pounds at one point in my life. And it was interesting because it coincided with me having all of these emotional awakenings for myself. It was a part of, you know, there was my whole coming out process was a part of that. But I think I realized on some level that to what you were saying, I was sort of carrying around all of that emotional sort of anxiety and it was interesting because as I started to release a lot of that the weight also just started to come off much more easily yeah I would Um, also intuit that because you were creating boundaries around emotions that you no longer needed all that armor that like physical weight to protect you yeah I think that's a part of it so I mean I've still got a little armor left but (laughs) Um, it's not I think easy. It's, it's not easy to be a sensitive person in the world. No, especially, you know, when you can sometimes fall into emotional eating like I do. <laughs> but uh, anyone who can relate to that, we can go out and have a key about it. Yeah, you can go out and have a buffet about it. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> um, but it's all good. You mentioned the Mars retrograde, and I do think in terms of checking in, we should just mention, because when this episode releases, it will be the day that Mercury goes retrograde. Yep. For three weeks, we will be in Mercury retrograde, and I am going to do a cleanse for Mercury retrograde. So I'm going to get really clean and get really clear. And Mercury, which rules the throat chakra, communication, is just a really great opportunity to get clear on your voice and what's blocking you from speaking your truth and maybe what's been blocking you from speaking truthfully to yourself. Um, Yeah, Mercury is going uh, retrograde in the sign of Leo. So I think to what you were just saying, like it is very much about like, you know, accessing your confidence too, your confidence of thought and communication, Um, you know, and not really being you know, potentially, you know, being not as afraid 
to sort of allow your sort of inner light to shine through, you know, via your words, your ideas, things of that nature. Um, and it's basically going to be from 23 degrees to 11 degrees, Leo. So if you know a little more of your astrology, anything in that space, you know, is going to sort of get ignited for you. Um, and I think for Leos in general, especially, um, it is really a time to sort of like reconnect to the idea of your confidence, you know, to yeah. to, to your own personal like thinking. My friend Jeff, who's a brilliant astrologer, was talking about Mercury retrograde in Leo, Leo ruling the heart. It's an opportunity to love your voice, mm-hmm. to connect your heart and your voice. And I really think that your heart is that container for your unique truth. And it's not enough to just know your unique truth. You have to share it. That's why you're here. So being able to build that bridge from the fourth chakra, which is your heart, to the fifth chakra, which is your throat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had an acting teacher once, and she said, the only job you have to do as an actor is to tell the truth with love. Oh, that's sweet. And I think that's a really a really beautiful, not just for actors, but for anyone, you know? Yeah, for can sure. Can you tell the truth? You have to tell the truth, but can you tell the truth with love? Mm-hmm. That's funny. That also just reminds me of the fact that I had heard an interview with Madonna, who is... A Leo. A major Leo. Um, and the first song she ever wrote was called Tell the Truth. Oh, I just heard it in my head. That's beautiful, honey. I won't sing it here. <laughs> you could if you wanted. No, it's fine. Just a little bit of the chorus? No, perhaps next time, though, I will do my rendition of her, Who's That Girl? Oh, well, look forward to that, everyone. Should we uh, Should we transition into our dose of reality? Oh, shit, y'all. It's time for a, a dose, dose of, of reality. reality. So where do you want to begin, honey? You, I, you tell me where you want to begin. I mean... I kind of want to begin talking about the ladies of New York. Yeah, the Real Housewives of New York. Because they have just begun what appears to be a three-episode trip to Cartagena. Yes, they're in Colombia. Yeah. And it is juicy. (laughs) Um, No, there's just, I mean, look, there's a lot of fighting going on, as there tends to be on these shows. Um you know, particularly between... Um, Bethany, a Scorpio, and mm-hmm. Carol, a Leo. Yeah, which are two aggressive signs, um, who neither of which will probably want to back down from each other, I would imagine. Aren't they also both fixed signs? Uh, yes. And can we talk about that? Sure. So there are fixed... So you have 12 signs in the Zodiac. You mm-hmm. got fixed signs... You have mutable signs and you have cardinal signs. Yep. And my understanding is that they correlate with the season. So a mutable sign is when one season kind of bleeds into the next. So like Pisces is a mutable sign because Pisces happens when winter, March, is kind of becoming spring. Whereas Aquarius is a fixed sign because we are in the middle of winter. It is just winter, winter, winter. Leo, we are fixed because we are summer, summer, summer. Mm. And then cardinal signs are the signs that start the season. Yes. So to have two fixed signs, just think about the word fixed. They're both very kind of stubborn, stubborn, rigid. They both think they're right. Yeah. And they're both pretty unbudging. And they were really good friends. So it's really interesting to watch kind of the dissolution of this friendship. And Carol, as a Leo, is wanting, I think, some more direct conversation and Bethany, who's this deep diving Scorpio, is just so in her emotions. I think what she's playing is like she's working her own wounds to try to get Carol to like feel sorry for her, to like be easier on her in terms of this fight. But really, Bethany's like own like plunging of her emotional wounds is pushing Carol further and further away from her. Yeah, well, she's also going through a shit ton that she doesn't really want to talk about because she's living a life on television. But then, of course, she can't help herself but to like go run into the kitchen and have a bit of a panic attack slash emotional breakdown. Yeah. And then she had another one like on the bathroom floor. Yeah. Because she like drank some fish soup and she's allergic to fish. Yeah. So she's obviously going through a crazy time in her life. And I think, yeah, I think what you said is pretty insightful. And I think that I can relate to that. I can certainly have like had experiences in my past where I've tried to like sort of like you know, use my sadness to, you know, try and get some sort of like comfort from people. Yeah. You know, in a way to sort of just get them to like forgive me. 
um, doesn't always work. No. And it's a little <laughs> manipulative. A little manipulative, guys. You're not, a, I mean, you're allowed to do whatever you want to do, but in terms of acting with integrity, I feel like when you use your sadness or your issues as leverage to get your way, that is what I call sorcery. Oh, shit. So we need to be careful about that. I've been a sorcerer before. Bethany Frankel is one as well. I was a sorcerer in a past life, but I'm trying really hard to just be a white witch in this in this one. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you're a bad person by any means. No, okay. sorcery is just like when you are using magic in a way that is just for your own gain and that isn't taking into consideration the consequences of the larger collective. Right. So I've maybe even talked about this before, but like just because a shaman can like bring someone back from the dead doesn't mean they will. If they're a sorcerer, maybe they will because you're going to pay them a lot of money. Right, right, right. But a healer will say, no, I'm not going to do this because this will bring everything out of balance. And my job is to be a midwife of balance. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks, honey. (laughs) Also, in this dose of reality, we finished The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Oh, we did. It was a true delight. Maybe that's why I'm a little sad, because it's over. Oh, but I I feel like you're just going to want to go back and like... Oh, darling, I do. I want to go back to season two, darling. Here we go. Uh, I mean, look, we can, if there's nothing else to do. I mean, you don't have to t- you don't have to go back with me. I can go back all by myself. I need a break from them because I stumbled upon a uh, Witch Real Housewife of Melbourne uh, BuzzFeed quiz. Uh-huh. And I took it and I got Lydia and that really broke my heart. Oh, but she is beautiful and she has the most beautiful of the speaking voices. She Like if does, you could just yes. listen to her voice, it's like honey and butter and whipped cream. I just thought I was going to get Jackie, but I think the because reason, she's because she's psychic. Yeah. But I think the reason I didn't get her is because the last question was pick your favorite emoji and the crystal ball was there. But also the lady like the painted nails lady. And that's just my favorite emoji. Yeah. Who doesn't love the painted nail emoji? And I kind of think that's how BuzzFeed quit. You know, BuzzFeed quizzes work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, they're just like, and how'd you answer the last question? There it is. I don't know that to be fact. I'm just guessing. Um, real quick on the New York Housewives too. I was really shocked that Sonia Morgan had never had an empanada before. Is that true? I really can't let that go. She'd never had an empanada? I'm just saying, in watching it, she said, hmm, check that one off after she ate the empanada. And I was like, that's fascinating. How did you get to be a person in the world who like lives in New York City and never had an empanada? I just thought she meant like she'd never had an empanada in Colombia. Well... That's a big thing. I don't even think you would mention that, would you? <laughs> well, I know that empanadas were not invented in Colombia, but I don't expect Sonia Morgan to know that. And I just I just thought maybe it's like, oh, I'm going to go eat pizza in Italy. Like, check that off my list. I don't know. I think you're giving her a little too much credit. I'm going to go have a Sazerac at the Sazerac Bar in New Orleans, like where it was created. Check that off my list, you know? I mean, look, you're maybe right. she no, did, I'm giving but... her way too much credit, but... I feel like we've seen her house before and like I wouldn't be shocked if she'd never been out for empanadas. You know what? That's true. She seems, I don't know her sign, but she may be fixed as well. All right, my love <laughs> and my loves. Should we head into our deep dive? Uh, sure. Let's do it. All right. So here we go into our deep, deep dive. dive. So today we are talking about crystals because crystals are amazing. They're so powerful. And they're everywhere. Like and they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, they are gorgeous. They're uh, they're everywhere in our house. That's they're true. everywhere in our house. But I'm I mean, like, like twenty. They're at our outfitters. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you can buy a crystal at the airport now. That's true. But I don't think people entirely know how to work with them. And it's not that complicated. It's very intuitive. Um, but I just wanted to hold space for people to learn a little bit about how they might start to work with crystals. Yeah, and can we actually, before you get into that, can we just talk like a little bit on like a personal level? Like, when did you sort of first really get into crystals? Oh, wow. That's a good question. And I don't know if I have a very satisfying answer. Because again, my mom is a Taurus and she has always been into crystals. So it's one of those things that was always present around me Mm -hmm. but I guess when I really started to mindfully work with crystals was probably seven or eight years ago okay 
I remember buying this little crystal quartz necklace in a little bullet casing. Oh my God, I remember that. I still have it. I wear it all the time. We were together then, honey. We were together, but we weren't together at that moment. No, I know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, we were together then. Uh, Yeah, so that was when I really started to intentionally work with crystals. And I thought we could also just like share some crystal stories in this deep dive. Oh, yeah. Because I know we both have some really cool ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you got that crystal bullet. And what was it about getting that? Because at the time, I'm sure it was just like, this is gorgeous jewelry. But then how did you also start to work with it in a more mindful way? Well, I just started to wear it every day. And the first thing I always encourage people to do with crystals is to try to feel where that crystal wants to be on their body. Mm. Because I really do believe that you can work with crystals, particularly with the chakra system, to help open, clear, and charge your own chakras. And that's a really simple, basic practice that I just use the color the color wheel, so to speak. So mm-hmm. each of the chakras correlates with a color. So it's red for the root, orange for the sacral. It follows like the color spectrum. Uh, yellow for your solar plexus. Green for your heart, but also pink for your high heart. Uh, blue or turquoise for your throat. Your third eye is indigo, and then the crown of your head is violet. But this this isn't a hard and fast rule. You can work with gold and silver, and of course there are crystals that are not those colors, but that's a great way to kind of begin. Like I have a blue mm-hmm. crystal. I'm holding it right now. It's my talking crystal. It's a lapis lazuli. So when I have trouble communicating, when I know I need to be speaking, I use that crystal. And crystals, they're like your friend. Like if you tell your friend what you want it to do, your friend will do it. If you don't tell your friend what you want it to do, your friend won't know. Your friend's not psychic. Crystals aren't necessarily psychic. So it's really important to like program an intention into your crystals. And I really do feel like it's best to only put one intention into a crystal Mm. at a time. But then once that intention has completed itself, you can clear the crystal with sage or under the full moon or take it into the ocean or just blow on it. I mean, these are really simple ways. And then you can put a new intention into your crystal. Right. And I guess, and you probably should say like some crystals you probably shouldn't put in the ocean. Like there are certain things you can figure that out. Yeah. Some crystals will dissolve in water and some won't like selenite, which is a crystal that is like the clearing crystal. It never needs to be cleared because what its function is, is that it clears all other things. Um, You don't want to get that wet because then it will just dissolve. What's your favorite crystal? Mm. I love a smoky quartz. I just am very drawn to smoky quartz. That's true. You do have quite a bit of them. I do have quite a few of them. I love smoky quartz because it's a nice grounding stone. Mm-hmm. And I also like that smoky quartz is a really great crystal for transforming negative energies into positive energies. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like energy is just energy. And so we can just recycle it. So you take the poison and you recycle it into medicine. And smoky quartz is really good for that. Okay. So given what I was saying, the I'm going through in my life right now. I should go get myself a smoky quartz. We don't need to buy any more crystals. You can just grab that one sitting right on the desk. She needs a buddy. Which one? You can't see it behind the bag, but it's that big smoky quartz cluster. Can I put that in my pocket, though? No, it's too big for okay, your well, pocket. Okay, I need something that I can carry with me at all times. Okay, we, we can get you that. <laughs> I'm also just looking for an excuse to go shopping. At Spellbound Sky? Spellbound Sky is my favorite crystal shop in Los Angeles. It's owned by these two lovely men named Mark and Martin. And they will take you on a journey through crystals when you go to their shop. They are fantastic. And have definitely been a part of sort of um, igniting my interest and passion in crystals and working with them. Um yeah, I've definitely had some like really powerful experiences with crystals. Yeah, I'm excited. In a little bit, I'm going to ask you to talk about your experience with your yellow calcite because oh, I know that was yes. really impactful. But I just thought we'd keep talking a little bit about how to work with crystals yeah. and just the different ways that you can work with them because I bet most of you listening probably have a crystal. Somebody probably like gave it to you and you were like, this is pretty and now it's like sitting by your sink and you don't know what to do with it. Right. So you think of it as an ally. It's an, it's a helper. It will help you do whatever you want to do. And so you can sit with it and you can hold it and you can talk to it, whether it's psychically in your own head or out loud. You can talk to the crystal if no one's around to judge you. <laughs> or even <laughs> or if they are. You're like not going to judge yourself. Right? Yeah, you're not going to judge yourself. Halo crystal, what's up? And you set an intention. You put an intention into it. Now, different crystals 
and you can take this with a grain of salt because I really do feel it's a personal experience. And just because mm-hmm. one person says like, oh, lapis is really great for my throat chakra doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be great for everyone. Right. So you're allowed to say this ain't true for me. But generally, certain crystals will have certain things they're really good at. And so you want to find a crystal that kind of aligns with your intention. That having been said, clear quartz will do anything you want. That's kind of the magic of a clear quartz crystal is that it's kind of a blank slate of of crystallized energy. I mean, that's what a crystal is too. So just let's just think about what is a crystal. Mm-hmm. So it is energy that was in the earth for millions and millions of years, and it absorbed all of these forces, the pressure and the heat and all that power, and it created this crystallized form. And so what you have in a crystal is this really condensed energetic tool um, that you can access. Mm. So a clear Mm. quartz, you can kind of do anything you want with it. Um, And then some crystals need to be cleared more often than others. I have these pieces of malachite. They're really beautiful green stones. And malachites will absorb a lot of negativity. They're not like smoky quartz where they transform it. They just kind of like absorb it. Mm. So every time I work with my malachite, I clear them. And they actually hang out on a little piece of selenite. So that way... Anytime I come to them, they're cleared. And this is not a beautiful analogy, but if you don't clear your crystals, it's like it's like going back to a toilet that you haven't flushed. Oh, God. I know, but that's, that's really it. So when you're working with energy, you want to be aware that you're constantly clearing things out so that you're not coming back to your old shit. Yeah, man, your crystals can't be a porta potty <laughs> That's rough. And then something like black tourmaline is really great for grounding or for protection. It could help you with setting boundaries. Um, something like labradorite is called the wish stone. It's my favorite. And I think we've both had experiences where we have put a wish into a labradorite stone and that wish came true. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have. Do you want to talk about your labradorite? Yeah. I had a labradorite. I was making, uh, my first and thus far only short film that I directed and I wrote and I wasn't entirely sure how it was all going to come together. But I uh, found out about Labradorite and bought myself one that I could put in my pocket and carry around with me. And I sort of, yeah, did the little whisper of my wish to help me manifest this movie. And it kind of was like, I was already in the process of it, of putting the movie together. I'd earned some um, uh, some money to uh, make the movie, which was a magical experience all on its own. But I still wasn't entirely sure how I was going to put it all together. Um, but basically, yeah, I was introduced to Labradorite Stone, bought it, sort of did the whole cleansing of it, carried it with me. And it was fascinating within that like month of having that stone. And I'm like saying, yeah, it wasn't like I was just like, hey, Labradorite, help me make my movie. And then I put it in my pocket. Like I definitely worked with it, would hold it when I had to make important calls about it or was sort of asking, you know, the powers that be, how am I going to, you know, find my location or how am I going to, you know, X, Y, Z. So, um, I found it just really fascinating. It was like one of the most magical experiences of my life of just having like, you know, one door open that led me down a hall to another door that had a room full of answers that, you know, gave me tools to make, you know, the next thing happen. So that was definitely um, one of those things where I felt, you know, some bit of magic involved in the process and couldn't help but to sort of help attribute it to Labradorite. And the funny thing was after uh, that happened, after we finished the movie, it was actually, I think during while I was shooting it, I dropped the little, my Labradorite stone. I like had it with me and I was like pulling out of my pocket and it fell out and it like got this like little chip Mm. in it. And that took me back to when I was working at the metaphysical bookshop in San Francisco, the psychic eye. And I used to buy sort of all these like hematite bracelets to help me sort of ground. And someone there told me who worked with crystals that, oh, well, you wear the bracelet until it breaks. And then once it breaks, it's like done its job. Um, And And I did that with a few things. So it was funny to drop it because then I was like, oh, yeah, you did your job. You did well. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And that's the cool thing about crystals that I like to remind people is that you are just borrowing them. Even if you 
pay for them. You're just borrowing them from the earth. <laughs> right. So your relationship with them may not be for your whole life. And I've certainly given a lot of crystals away as well when I'm like, oh, you know what? Like you weren't actually for me. I was just supposed to kind of babysit you for a while until mm-hmm. I could deliver you to the right person. Right. Because it's all about partnership, the right crystal. It's like a therapist. Like if you have a really good therapist that you really connect with, you can get a lot of good work done. If you have a therapist that you don't really connect to, like you won't get a lot of good work done. If you have a crystal that you really connect to, that you're really excited about, that you feel in your body and in your, in your heart, then you'll be able to work really well with it. And then there's some crystals like if you're not feeling it, you don't have to work with it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Did you have, do you have a Labradorite experience? Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking my Labradorite is that I also made a career wish into my Labradorite and it was two years in the process. I I was developing my musical for Brandonna Summer at the time. Brandonna Summer lives live. And I wanted to do it in New York. And I made a wish into that Labrador. I said, I want to do this in New York. And then two years later, I was performing that musical at the New York Fringe Festival. It was something that happened. So... I uh, now, of course, like the crystal didn't like submit to the fringe application for me. <laughs> the crystal didn't like cast the show. The crystal didn't do the rewrites. But I think of the crystal as like this never sleeping, always alert energy that's helping to move you forwards. Yeah, yeah. And crystals amplify. They amplify things. So it just like, yeah, you can do it without crystals, but if. If you could make your life a little easier, why not? I'd be fascinated to know who sort of first started working with crystals. I don't I don't know if you entirely know this, but I certainly know that indigenous people all around the world uh-huh. have known about the healing powers of crystals and have worked with them. Um I don't think there's like one person that could be credited with that because I think right. it is a really ancient practice right right so yeah so you can work with crystals by putting intentions into them by carrying them with you by wearing them as jewelry uh i work with crystals a lot by like laying on the floor and just putting different ones on my body for periods of meditative time he sleeps with them guys i sleep with them sometimes i've slept with them too it's fine angel sleeps with them sometimes as well uh yeah so it's a really, and then and then the really cool thing you can do with crystals is you can make a crystal grid. And a crystal grid is where you get a couple different crystals and you put them in relationship with each other. And you, and you build a grid. And the grid, there are certain um, ways that you can build a grid that work with sacred geometry, but you can also just make it up. And whenever I teach a yoga class, whenever I teach a Pilates class, whenever I... I mean, pretty much for anything, I'll build a little, even just five stone grid. I'll put one crystal in the center, and then I'll put one in each of the four directions. And those five crystals kind of symbolize what it is I'm hoping will happen during that class or that period of time. So you choose the particular stones based off of what kind of energy you're trying to manifest for that? So like today, the crystal grid I built for class was I put my blue lapis in the middle because I needed the most important thing was for me to be able to teach that class I needed to be able to have access to my throat chakra Mm -hmm. and as I said I'm feeling a little like sad and emo and not entirely in my full power don't be sad so I needed that but then because we're in deep water I used an ocean jasper Uh And then I just used this rock because rocks are crystals too, hey. And it's a rock that I got in uh, Peru at this place called Paracas, which is where the desert meets the ocean. And this is, um, if I were to describe it, it looks like the color of sand and it's kind of palm sized and it's got all these like deep holes where like water kind of hollowed out. Mm -hmm. So it's really beautiful water energy. So those those were those two. And then I had um, a pink selenite for like heart clearing um, because that felt very like in line with emotions. But then I also have this black um, piece of tourmaline that I almost always use. It's always in my little medicine bag because it's just for grounding. And I just felt like, you know, we only have 90 minutes. I want people to go into deep water, but I don't want them to be like so deep that they can't like come out when class is over and like get in their car and drive to brunch. Right, right. 
So that was, you know, five stones, a little grid, and it's intuitive, you know, like I just talked you through it, but at this point, I don't really think that literally about it. I just am like, oh, well, which ones want to come with me today? Or on a full moon or a new moon, when I take my crystals outside to charge them, I'll just kind of walk through the house with a tray, and I just am kind of like, who who wants to come? Who wants it tonight? <laughs> and sometimes there's a bunch of crystals, like there's 20 crystals outside, and sometimes there's only two. Right, right. Um, I'm just looking around this room right now. There's so many seeing, crystals. Yeah, how many? But it's interesting, you know, when I look at the crystals that we have in our home, um, and some have existed, you know, from our relationship, but some of them have... You predated. Know, predated our relationship. Um, yeah, you mentioned earlier about the calcite. Yeah. Which I'm looking at. And um, will you hand me that calcite, hun? I will. I just want to hold this little baby while I tell this tell this story. Yeah. So I've had this calcite um, with me uh, since, I guess, the year 2001. Um, and it was gifted to me when I had I was um, involved in a, a hit and run. I was I was um, the hit and then somebody ran. Um, so it kind of knocked me out for a little bit. Well, you were, you were hit by a car. I was hit by a car. And you were just crossing the street. I was crossing the street. It was late at night. I was listening to Madonna's, uh, what it feels like for a girl. And then the next thing I knew I was woke up and there were paramedics all around me and people and I couldn't get up and I thought I was going to die. Um, and that was, it was a crazy experience and thankfully I was, um, in much better shape than I should have been, which is what the doctor told me. Um, but, uh, even then I, you know, went home and I had been already sort of immersed in this world of, because I was working at the, uh, the psychic guy, the bookshop I've mentioned. And, um, so I was immersed in a world of, healers and you know astrologers and you know people who were you know uh who worked with crystals and such and there was this one woman this woman patricia who i worked with who was an amazing hands-on reiki healer Mm. um and she also worked with crystals and so she would come to my apartment and do reiki on me for like hours and then i would lay this crystal on the areas of my body that had been most affected which were my lower back and my knees and which is still so crazy that those are like the two parts of my body that i still have like the most problem with Mm. um it's like what are you trying to tell me but anyhow um i uh well knees are ruled by capricorn uh which is the polar of your cancer yes so there's something in that right stability and the low back is when we like, I feel like low back problems arise when we don't feel supported. Uh, yeah, that resonates. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just uh, drop just that drop little that, nugget and then She just there. walks off in her heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Click clack, see you next exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, bitch. Uh, but anyhow, um. All is to say, you know, and at the time, look, when you, uh, anyone who has been through a really sort of traumatic experience, you're sort of in a state of like, I'll do anything, I'll try anything. And I was obviously at that moment op- very open um, and was just really am- amazed, um, you know, like I could really feel the energy of the crystal in certain moments. I remember having it, I slept with it once and like under my lower back. And um, with a pillow underneath it. And I remember at one point like waking up in the middle of the night and the there were, the pillow was between me and the crystal um, when I went to sleep and I woke up and then it had somehow gotten up like I had moved, I guess, but I had moved in a way that the crystal had found its way to the part of my back directly. So I was like, that's interesting. All this to say, you know, when I went to get my first checkup with the doctor, um, the doctor was like, I am so, uh, like they did the x-ray on my back and he was like, I don't know, you did six months of healing in a month and a half. Wow. Yeah, no, it was crazy. And I, he was like, I don't know how how it would happen, but you should be, you know, this is amazing. I've never seen healing like this. Did you mention the crystal? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm amazing. Um, but I did, you know, I, I left there really sort of convinced that, you know what, obvi- like, obviously, like, Reiki is a thing, and it's real, energy is real, and I certainly, like, felt like this beautiful little calcite really was a whole part of that healing process, and it has lived with me now for 17 years and has, like, a very firm place on our altar, and we... We All use it three for of us yeah. utilize Noche, it. Myself Noche, myself and you. Yeah. Um, because it has it is like a very healing and tool. That's a great example. I need to sleep with it tonight. Yeah, you do, girl. Well, that's an example too. I don't think yellow calcite is necessarily oh, right. considered like a stone for physical healing. Like if you go and look up the meanings of yellow calcite, you may not find that. But that just goes to show you that you don't need to be too rigid. And that's really where I'm just encouraging you to trust your own intuition. You know, if you see a stone and all of a sudden you feel or hear and say, you know, like, this is going to help me write that song, then then that's what that crystal's there to help you do. And just going back, you know, to your story about when the hematite bracelet breaks or when you lose a crystal, Mm -hmm. it means that your relationship with it is done. So... (gasps) So don't be sad about it. Be grateful because it means like there's a whole nother journey that's now going to happen for you. Right, right. So should I not keep that Labradorite with the chip in it? No, but hopefully you've cleared it and now it's got a new wish programmed into it. Yeah. Oh, shit. Or it's just like chilling until you need it again. It is chilling. I will say that. Here's another thing I'd love to tell you about your crystals is that they are alive and they really don't want to be like locked up. So there are some crystal shops that will put the crystals behind glass. And I always feel like I'm going to like a crystal prison. Like they're so sad. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like they want to be, they're generators, they're batteries, they're portals. Like they want to be, you know, melding and merging with your own energy. So even if you're not working with them, just to have them out in your house somewhere, or I mean, if you have a lot of crystals, you know, and and you don't want to have them all out, you can like put them in like a cupboard or a box, but try not to like put them in like a bag or in so it doesn't have any air, you know, mm, like mm-hmm. think of it as a living thing and, tr- and try to nurture it in that way. Now, also, if you want to develop a deeper relationship with your crystals, there are things you can do um, in the same way, like if you have a friend and you're about to ask a really big favor, you might want to butter them up a little bit. So something you can do with your crystals, and again, not all crystals will be good with this, but you can rub oil into them. So I'll oh. get like coconut or olive oil and I will, um, like a lot of my quartzes, I'll rub oil into them. Not like all the time, but like, you know, maybe twice, three times a year. And as I'm rubbing oil into them, as I'm massaging them, I'm just, you know, communicating my love and my gratitude. I'm a, you know, total queerdo, so I might even sing to them. And that's just something you can do to help deepen your relationship with these with these living pieces of energy. Now, given that um, crystals have sort of started to enter a bit of the mainstream, yes. Um, how do you, just as someone who is so passionate about crystals and working with them, uh, what's your take on that? Well, I'm stoked about it because, again, like all of these tools, crystals, tarot, yoga, it's like these are things that should be very accessible. And I think in the past, the spiritual community has been a little elitist just to protect itself from people that would be like, you're crazy, you're crazy. But now I think like that elitism has got to go and it's got to be like, like I want it to be as easy to get a crystal as it is to get a McDonald's cheeseburger. Right. Because the cheeseburger is not going to nourish you, but the crystal will, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, but I use the example that just because you have the crystal doesn't mean that like something's going to happen. It's like you can go to the grocery store and you can buy all the ingredients to bake a cake. But then you don't just like put the ingredients on your counter and go like, okay, cake, where are you? <laughs> like you got to you gotta mix the ingredients together. You got to like put a little bit of your sweat and blood and then you got to put it in the oven. Mm-hmm. So working with crystals are, are the same way. Just because you have them, you got to now you got to put your blood and sweat into them. You got to work with them. You got to build that relationship if you want that cake to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's really important because people will just like buy a crystal and they're like, well, it didn't work. You know, it's like, well, no, honey, like you got to work with it. It can yeah, only do so much. You got to work yeah, but the crystal's there to help you, to energize you, to ground you, to protect you, to call in love, to call in creativity. The sky is the limit. Yeah, and I'd say even just at like minimum bar of entry, it's there to be like a reminder of the intention that you set for yourself. So even if you aren't able to fully, you know, allow yourself to quote unquote buy into the energetic force of it, 
it's an opportunity to have something that is there to remind you of this is the goal that I've set for myself, whether it be personal, career, what have you. And so every time you look at that bracelet on your hand or, or the ring or the stone in your pocket or on the shelf, it's like, oh, yes, I need to remind myself of that. Remember that. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's so true. Yeah. So I think that that's even just like an easy like first step in for yourself. And you don't got to go out there and buy some like $100 thing that's like no. going to sit on a shelf. And that's like, one of my biggest pet peeves actually mm-hmm. is a lot of crystal shops, especially like in big cities. Um, and I get it. Rent's not cheap in Los Angeles or New York, but they will really raise the price of the crystals to an extent that I find is a little manipulative because I know what these things cost wholesale. And so if it feels too expensive, Etsy is a really great resource to buy crystals. Now, of course, with Etsy, you can't like touch it or hold it or be in its presence. But yeah, that's, I like to touch it. Yeah, but some people don't necessarily need to. You know, you might. I've gotten some crystals through Etsy that's been great. Capricorn Moon. Um yeah (laughs) she's like that's a bargain Uh, yeah totally have to have it um but also uh it shouldn't it shouldn't cost you an arm and a leg there are so many crystals the earth is so generous in its abundance of crystals and i would also say something i'm i'm mindful of like i don't buy any more crystals these days because i have more than i can even work with and i don't want to be greedy like i don't want to be pillaging the earth of these crystals and i actually have a habit of buying crystals and then like burying them in the earth like giving them back to her because i do think that we need to be mindful about our consumption yeah should we have like a crystal yard sale no okay (laughs) (laughs) i i ain't ready to part with anymore yet Uh, no i mean i i feel like every crystal we have in our home is pretty purposeful and has like a pretty meaningful um, connection to it i mean even to the fact that like we have um just a little cute trunk of crystals that everyone blessed and um, gifted us at our wedding which was very sweet yeah that was a surprise to us our beautiful officiant Lori Lou did this thing to surprise us where everyone that came to our wedding got a crystal and they charged the crystal with an intention at some point during the ceremony yeah because it was, it was really cool then everyone just kind of brought them to us and um, now we have them we it's should... a box of crystals that like holds the energy of the day that we got married yeah we should dip our hands in it. We should after we're done with this, honey. Yeah, we totally should. And then, or whenever uh, we're having a fight. Uh, yeah, totally. Let's just dip our hands. Let's in just it dip our hands fight. in the in the That's wedding. A good way to in the wedding crystal box. Solve a problem. And then I also have you know more crystals than I need just for myself because I use a lot of crystals when I do healing work. So when I have people come over for Reiki or breath work, I put a couple of crystals on the body, and I have a range of them because different people I feel need different crystals based on what we're working on. Um. So can we go crystal shopping after this? No, we we cannot go. Crystals. I need a couple things. All right, you can go crystal shopping after this. He's just afraid to go because he knows he will spend money. Yeah, and Brendana just bankrupted me yesterday. At the costume jewelry store. Well, you can come store. be my support. I mean, I can't come be your support. I have enough self control for that. We'll see. Maybe I'll get. Maybe you'll get a gift. Oh wow, that'd be nice. <laughs> I wanted to share a real brief story. Um, just one more crystal story uh, about my moldavite ring. Mm. So Angel bought me a moldavite ring uh, about like two and a half years ago. What's a moldavite? So a moldavite is a really interesting crystal because it is from Russia and it is this kind of dark green looking crystal but when you hold it up to the light it becomes like bright green you can see all the way through it very few um impurities and this crystal was formed millions of years ago when a meteorite hit the earth and merged so it's like part uh alien and part earthly Crazy. and it is a stone Even if you don't think you're very sensitive, if you can find a piece of Moldavite and just hold it, it it will get you hot. They call it the Moldavite flush because it's just a really strong crystal. Sexy. And it is the stone of what I call accelerated transformation. Mm. So like if you're ready for enlightenment, if you're ready for your next awakening, if you're ready for that, then like working with Moldavite is a really great way to go. So Angel buys me this ring, but it doesn't fit me. So we got to get it resized. And I'm in New York for a couple of days and they're like, oh yeah, we can have it before you leave New York. So 
I didn't have it before I left New York. And so now I'm down in, in LA and I'm like waiting for my ring to show up and I'm so excited about it. And it does show up and it was set really interestingly. It was a really cool setting and I wore it for like two weeks and it was like really intense, but I was really like vibing it. And then one day it fell out of its setting. Just like two weeks later, the stone itself literally came out of the setting. Mm-hmm. It's sterling silver. Like that's pretty unusual. Yeah, no, it was a nice place we bought it. I didn't buy it off the street. No, it was at a, from a nice boutique, a nice jewelry designer that works with natural crystals. So I got in touch with the store and I told them what happened and then I had to send it back and the designer had to reset it, which was cool because we like got to have a great conversation and he said it in a new way and then he sent it back to me. So just the process of getting to work with that Moldavite ring, like there was so much like back and forth and I really feel like I couldn't wear it every day at first because I wasn't quite ready and things were happening. So then I find, so now I have it. Now I have it. It's like not falling out of the setting and I'm a little wary to be putting it on because every time I put it on something bad happens (laughs) but then when I look at it the things that were happening that were bad in you know parentheses were opportunities for me to pick up power Mm. so really the Moldavite was creating these opportunities for me to move through my limitations to move through things where ordinarily I would say like oh I can't do that or oh I don't know how to do that a great example is when I was in New York like two years later with the Moldavite ring I brought it when I was living there for a month and I hadn't worn it and the first time I thought to wear it maybe three minutes later my buddy climbed in through the fire escape from the window and the and he didn't close the window gently and it slammed and the glass shattered and, and this was like an airbnb yeah right? it was an airbnb so all of a sudden i was like oh fuck like what am i gonna do and then i was like well you're an adult you you're in new york city like find a window repair place and so i had to pick up my adulting power and a guy came in and fixed the window and it was fine Accelerated transformation. Accelerated transformation. So now I wear my Moldavite almost every day, and I feel like my vibration has risen enough to kind of meet it, and it's not so, like, jarring or shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but some crystals can be really intense, and you don't need to work with them every day, and they will meet you where you are. Yeah. Yeah, I have, like, certain ones that I wear every day in, like, bracelet form. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, that have certain intentions. And I do feel like... Um, I, you know, I have a real love of Native American inlay jewelry. <laughs> it's an addiction. It, well, it was an addiction. Uh, and the stones that they use the most are turquoise, uh, coral, um, onyx, uh, mother of pearl. You know, and these are stones that are strong but also fairly gentle. You know, turquoise is really beautiful for protection. Coral is really good for vitality. I mean, so... There are gentler stones and then there are stronger stones and you just kind of experiment and explore. Very cool. I hope everyone goes out there and gets themselves a little crystal or if you have one already, kind of, you know, give it a refresh. Yeah. Put it out under the full moon that's happening Mm -hmm. next Friday or this Friday. Yeah, give it like some real intention. Yeah, it's an it's a full moon in Aquarius. So that's a really great energy for Oh yeah. That's a really great energy to charge your crystals cuz Aquarius the sign of the humanitarian, the mm-hmm. sign of, you know, future thinking, the water bearer bearing the knowledge, you yeah, know. Yeah, authenticity. Authenticity, so that would be great. I'll just I'll just close by saying my favorite crystals are not the ones that I've bought, but the ones that I have found. Mm. So for my 30th birthday, I chartered a bus and brought my closest friends to this crystal mine down in San Diego called the Ocean View Mine. And I think it's still open for like 75 bucks. You can go and dig for crystals and whatever you find, you get to keep. And I found a really cool smoky, uh, no, just clear quartz wand. And that that's kind of like my main crystal. Um And then this pink selenite that I mentioned, I found that when we were in Chile on our honeymoon. I just like looked down and here was this like chunk of pink selenite. And I was like, oh my gosh. Of course, I asked permission. You know, when I go out to Joshua Tree, I found a crystal like the second time I ever went out there and I was digging around. Those those mean more to me. Those feel almost stronger in a way because I was the one that brought it out of the earth, you know. So you can go and buy them too, but I just like to mention that because if you're really into it, it might be interesting to find like, oh, where can I go find some crystals of my own? Yeah, yeah. I feel like your third would be the one that you found at Home Goods. 
<laughs> the one I found in Home Goods. Yeah, we have this huge. You unearthed that. We have this huge crystal geode that was only fifty dollars at Home Goods, and they were like wheeling it out on one of the like little trolleys. Like they hadn't even put it on the shelf, and I was like, "Stop, stop!" I was like, "Let me just grab that from you." And I just reached down, grabbed it with both hands. I mean, it's probably like twenty, twenty-five pounds. It's heavy. I got like texted a photo. Look at what I found at Home Goods. <laughs> this picture. I was like, "What the hell?" But it wasn't that expensive. No, it was $50. Yeah, I was really surprised. Yeah, it was a good deal. So yeah, babies, crystals don't have to be super expensive. If it's really expensive, uh, you know, like send us a direct message and we'll tell you like if that's a good price or not. And there are ways to to find it cheaper. Also, there's great um, like gem shows and gem fairs all around the country, all around the world. And that's a great place to go and, and buy crystals closer to cost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, very cool. Well... I feel much closer to my crystals already. Oh, good. I mean, look, yeah. clearly, as a crystalista, I could talk about crystals until the cows come home. He really can, guys. I have to get him to shit <laughs> sometimes. But I hope this was of value. <laughs> I hope this got you excited about crystals, and maybe you feel just a little bit more confident about working with them. There's no wrong way to work with a crystal. No. There's only a fun way. There's only your way. <laughs> and as always we're so grateful for this opportunity to speak to you to connect with you we love hearing what this podcast is meaning to you and and how it's you know making your life a little bit better please uh communicate with us reach out to us with questions what do you want us to do a deep dive on um and as always just thank you for for tuning in um you're gonna pull a card yeah i'm gonna pull a card i just thought you might want to say thank you as well or well, something. I figured I'd do that after you pull the card. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, if you're driving, tune in, but keep your eyes open. If you're not driving, if you're stationary, maybe close your eyes and tune in. I'm going to pull a card. And this is going to be an opportunity, an invitation, some medicine until we next meet. And this card will resonate whether or not you're listening to this the day it comes out or in a future place in time. You hear the deck being shuffled as we speak. Mm. So I just pulled the Eight of Cups. And the Eight of Cups is a really beautiful card with a really powerful message. Cups, um, it's interesting that I pulled a cup because we've been talking about emotions and water and things that flow, and the suit of cups is all about that. It's about your relationships and your emotions and your creativity. And the eight of cups, um, I'll post a picture of it to the Instagram, but I'm looking at this big black mountain, and in front of this big black mountain are these eight shattered cups beneath it. And what this card really is inviting us into is to walk away. To walk away from the things that are not working or to even, which is even harder, to walk away from the things that are working like 80%. Because when you walk away from those things that aren't completely aligned with you, you create the space for that new, more aligned, bigger, better opportunity to come in. So Eight of Cups isn't necessarily easy, but it's really powerful. Um, so I would just encourage everyone, um, and it, it did come in upside down. It did come in reversed, which might just mean that there's some resistance right now with everyone. We're in eclipse season. Eclipses take things away and you might just like be holding on a little tightly. You might just like be, you know, a little afraid to let go of your old tricks, to let go of the things that, you know, work for you, even if it doesn't work all the way. And this is just a gentle message to trust and to have faith and to release those things, to let spirit take from you the things that you no longer need so that all of a sudden you can wake up and there's a whole new toolkit. There's like a whole new relationship. There's a whole new creative experience that gives you that 100% fulfillment and satisfaction. So don't stick with the 80%. It reminds me of something I heard, and I can't remember from where, but like if it's not fuck yes, it's hell no. Mm. Like if it's not 100% absolutely, then, then no. Hell no. So I would just let that maybe be your little mantra until we meet again. If it's not fuck yes... Hell no. Hell no. Um, I like that. That was my card yesterday. Well, one of my two cards yesterday. Oh, wow. The Eight of Cups. So. Yeah, I love the Eight of Cups. Walk away. I'm not ready. You're ready. Right, well, you're never ready is the thing. Right. You're never ready and you do it anyways. If you waited until you were ready, you would never do it. True. Just watched an interview with Cher and, and Cher was like, I get nervous. You know, she's like, I don't always feel ready to do things. I just, you know, I do them anyways. Mm-hmm. This is Cher, people. 
I mean, mean, guys, come on. It's shame. But I mean, like, you know, or like Meryl Streep, you know, like we think of these people in the world that seem fearless or seem like they're always so good at what they do, but that doesn't mean that they also don't have insecurity, doubt, fear, and resistance around it. Yeah. But they do it anyways. Mm -hmm. So do it anyways, babies. Yeah. Be share. Be share. Be the share you want to see in the world. Be the share you want to see in the world. I'm going to be that share today. <laughs> you already are in my eyes, honey. Thanks, babe. Um, all Thanks, right, everyone. babe. I got you, babe. <laughs> all right, on that cheesy joke, everybody, yeah. we're going to tune out. So, yeah, thank you all very much for listening. We're so grateful. Um, you know, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean. Please subscribe. We've got a Twitter. We've got an Instagram. Yeah. Um, uh, please make sure to rate us. Oh, yeah. Rate us five stars, please. Yes, we appreciate Maybe even it. like leave a little review. Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you can uh, email us at thespiritualgaze, G-A-Y-Z, at gmail.com. When's the last time you checked that email? I check it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so you can email us there for any sort of questions um, or just anything you're you're interested in shooting our way. And uh, yeah, we will uh, speak to you again all very soon. Remember, it's retrograde season, so don't uh, freak out if uh, things feel like they're slowing down a little bit or things don't exactly go your way. It's an opportunity to take a pause, take a breath. And say, hmm, let me rethink this. So. Until next time. Until next time, y'all. We love you. And this has been your moment in the the spiritual spiritual gaze. gaze. That was a long one.